A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. Hello, travelers. Welcome to episode 23 of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. How are you all? I hope you are doing fabulous and enjoying the summer weather and getting in some pool time and having some drinks by the pool, taking that next vacation now that things are opening up. I just hope you're having the best time enjoying the summer. I know I am. I've had the most amazing summer so far and it's just getting started. So yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. Um, but today we have a really awesome episode for you. So have you ever, obviously we've all been nervous about something, but do you ever notice yourself saying no to things more often than not because of being scared or nervous or somebody else's opinion has affected you? Well, today's episode is to get you out of that. Today's episode is all about that power in saying yes and specifically around solo travels. But I want you to really listen to, to this episode and see how you can apply it to other areas of your life. You know, when I first took my first solo trip, I was terrified and everyone's opinion was coming in into my head and I could have easily said, no, 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 I'm not gonna do it. Something's gonna happen, so on and so forth. But I didn't, I said yes. And that was the most empowering thing I've ever done for myself because it took me completely out of my comfort zone and it changed my life forever. And funny thing, just this week, I posted on Instagram a picture that was completely out of my comfort zone. I am not someone who likes taking pictures. I'm very, very insecure in that sense. And I did a professional photo shoot and I posted. And it was all about coming out of your comfort zone because amazing things can happen. And so it's so funny that this is the episode that's being recorded this week because I've been living it this whole week. And so it's just so perfect. And so I really want you to take today's episode and see how you can apply or apply that positivity and that saying yes and just getting out of your comfort zone to every aspect of your life. But because this is the Solo Travel Woman podcast, we are going to be talking about travel, as you know. And so I'm very excited today to introduce you to a woman named Jody Hopkins who wrote an amazing book called The Journey for One. And it's all about imagining yourself conquering your fears and saying yes to becoming that confident and empowered traveler, ready to just take on the world and take on those adventures that you've long put off. So without further ado, I want to welcome Jody. Jody, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. So obviously, we are totally going to get into this book because I think it's just such a good book for anyone who's just nervous about embarking on that next step, whether it is solo travel or not. But I really want to start diving into first kind of 
what led you to solo traveling? A little bit of your background story, because we always like to see where people have come from that led them to solo travel since, you know, it's very unknown for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I, I would never, ever have dreamed that I would be a person writing, going on solo travel, much less writing a book about it. Yeah. But um, I was this kid who grew up and I was scared of everything. I have no idea why. It just, that was my nature. I was shy and scared of everything. And as I grew to be an adult, I realized that that was not going to be a good way to live my life, that I had things I wanted to do. And I had to move beyond that fear. And so at a point in my career, I was a, I just retired from teaching and had a 40 year career. And when I first started teaching, um, I would travel with groups and family and those kinds of things. And at one point I got this big promotion and became, uh, an administrator. And the first thing my boss said to me was great. There's a conference in two weeks in St. Louis, and we've already got your registration done and your plane ticket. And I thought, St. Louis? I said, oh, who else was going? They said, no, no, just you. And I thought, I can't do this. What am I going to do? How do I do this alone? I've got to do this by myself. I was scared to death. But being the teacher that I was, I knew that like anything I did with kids, I was an elementary teacher, that I had to start out small. I had to start out with with little things and then build those skills till it was something bigger. So I applied that same philosophy to the idea of getting ready to do this trip on my own. So I started doing things like um, going to the movies by myself, going to a restaurant by myself, going to a museum by myself, and decided that I, as I looked around that I was not the only one that was by myself and that I indeed survived each of those experiences and that the chances were I could do this too. Um, but the biggest fear I had was spending the night alone in a hotel. Oh, wow. Okay. So luckily I live in a, in beautiful Colorado and had the mountains about, you know, an hour away and decided that that was going to be my test. I was going to go to a hotel by this lake that I love and spend the night by myself scheduled it, got ready. And I figured that way, if it's only an hour away, if I get scared in the middle of the night and I just can't take it anymore, I just get in the car and drive home. And so I, I went and I took a bottle of wine and some snacks and I, they made sure they had good Wi-Fi and all of that, got ready to go and went on this trip and got to the hotel. And I thought, oh, great. They're going to look at me and say, you know, what's with you, loser? You don't have anybody else to travel with. You got to stay alone. Yeah. And, you know, those are those, your own dialogues that play in your head because I've found they don't, that's not what nobody even think. cares. No one no, notices. Nobody <laughs> cares. But when I checked into the hotel, the cool part was that I'm standing there, you know, filling out the little form. And the lady said, Is it just you tonight? And I thought, Oh, oh here we go. And I said, Yeah, just me. And she said, oh, my God, do you know how lucky you are? She said, I would give anything to have a night by myself in a hotel to do whatever I wanted. She goes, I am so jealous of you right now. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I became about two inches taller and smiled and took my key and went on my way and went to my room. So that was pretty much how I got started with solo travel and deciding that, you know, it wasn't all bad. The trip to St. Louis went well. 
And I thought, you know, if I could do St. Louis, I could probably do somewhere else. And so started doing that. And that's pretty much how it started. That's amazing. And yeah, I, I had those same fears. I was always worried that people would be judgy, like, oh, she's so lonely. Oh, she doesn't have anyone in her life to travel with and this and that. When in all reality, no, I just like to do specific things. And I don't want anyone holding me back from that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And assume such negative and like the worst, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's and then like, obviously, if they think that it brings your self-esteem down. So I love that that woman was like, automatically like, oh, girl, I am so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. I loved it. And you know, it's the, one of the things that I found about it, because I had traveled a lot with friends was that I spent so much of vacations when I was with a friend doing the things that they wanted to do also, but lots of times they were things I didn't want to do. I had a friend who was really, really, really into art museums. And that's my idea of hell on earth is, is spending a lot of time in an art museum. I appreciate <laughs> art, but I just don't want to be in a museum to do it. And um, I just thought about how much time I was spending doing things I didn't want to do. And by myself, I can spend all the time in the world I want sitting on a park bench watching pigeons if that's what I choose to do. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's about like fulfilling your, it's filling your cup, you know, not exactly for once. And, you know, yeah. we often go through that mindset where you feel so selfish. And I do this all the time with my family. Like, oh, I feel selfish because I'm going here and not going there and not visiting this person. Instead, I'm going here. But at the end of the day, like you can, like, it's okay to be that way sometimes, you know what I mean? Especially when you're someone who's maybe always given, you know, uh -huh. wants to look and just be a little selfish it's okay. We all should be that way, whether you're a mom or significant other of somebody else or just someone by yourself that maybe has family that wants you to go all over the place. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny because I think the mindset of that has kind of changed recently with all the, suddenly there's all these life coaches and, you know, you can get life coaching and learn to better your life. And one of the things they push is self-care. And, and I, as I read things and, and discover articles and whatever that it, it's about the self-care is, not calling it selfish and yeah. being ready to do things for yourself that you enjoy, even though somebody else may not want to do it with you or may have judgment around that. And that's another big part of it is not taking on other people's judgment and learning to listen to your own inner self and learning to say, you know what, I really want to do this. This will be good for me and I can do this. I've got this. I agree. I completely agree. And I mean, it's something... I mean, I don't know about you, but like, it's something I'm always, always battling. Like, even though I've been on a million solo trips, I think every single one, I rethink, do I, can I do this? Sure. This is a new place. Actually, can I go here? There's a big language <laughs> barrier. You know what I mean? But you got to uh -huh. always remember like, yes, you can do this. There's ways well, to do it. <laughs> exactly. And I, I also think that, you know, it's, it's about yes, who you listen to. And yes, you want qualified people to tell you, you know, Jody, it's not safe to go, you know, to wherever in the middle of a riot, you know, right? Yeah, now, you would not go to, you know, somewhere there where there's genocide and military coups and whatever. Yeah, that's just smart. But by the same token, it's kind of the similar to the fact that if some doctor told me I needed to have surgery, 
I would not go to the people who have had bad surgery experiences and say, tell me about this. Should I do this? And then listen to them and not have that opportunity to get well just because I listened to somebody else's bad history. So I, I decided for myself that I needed to only listen to people whose judgment and whose whose credentials or history lent itself to my making a good, informed, positive decision. And that positive decision sometimes is to say no. Yeah. You no, know, I completely agree. A hundred percent. Yep. Uh, so I would love to know where are some places that you've actually been on your like solo traveling? Have you been anywhere like completely unexpected that you can't believe you even went there or, you know, something, you know, maybe a certain place you went to that completely unexpectedly helped you grow more as a person. I would love to just hear more stories about kind of just your experiences traveling solo. Okay. I've got a million of them. So <laughs> gra- grab that cup of coffee and sit back and relax. Right. <laughs> um, I was very fortunate in that um, after retiring from a 30 year teaching career in Denver, I left, had the opportunity to go to Vienna, Austria and live for 11 years and teach at an international school there. I love Vienna. I can't believe you were there that long. Oh Uh, my gosh. I just, you know, every single day I would go to work thinking, I'm driving through a city that most people save their lifetime for to come and visit for a week. Yeah. And I get to live here and see this every day. So yeah, I, it's just the best 11 years of my life. I, I absolutely loved it. And anybody who even thinks they might want to go live internationally, I highly encourage that. Um, It did change me and it changed me for the better. And I have now friends and family that people I call family all over the world. I celebrate every holiday you can think of and I've gotten to do amazing things. So, so that was kind of, um, I had done some solo travel prior to that. But the unexpected and the most amazing and life-changing ones were when I lived in Europe. Um, You know, most teachers at an international school do that because they love to travel and they want to see a place, you know, more closely and get to know it better and whatever. But everybody has their wish list. And so you'd say, well, who wants to go with me to Croatia? And people say, oh, I've already been there. No, I'm going to go with my family here or whatever. And so you'd find yourself, you know, with nobody that wanted to go to the same destination as you. Uh So you would say, okay, well then I'll do this on my own. And one of the things I found is that because I was in an environment with other people who also enjoyed solo travel, that that was more um, helpful to me. So anybody, you don't have to live in Europe or Africa or anywhere to do that, but get online for things like meetup and, um, groups like that, get on the solo travel Facebook groups and spend time with those kinds of people reading those kinds of things. Don't just leave it up to chance that you Google solo travel and, or, you know, Croatia, and then get all these things about these lovely group tours or family ex, you know, experiences or whatever. Put yourself in a situation with like-minded people is one of the pieces of advice I always give. So I ended up, I may, I've, and I found it the other day that um, I made this wish list of where do I want to go while I live in Europe. And I visited most of them. But the longer list next to that was where did I visit while I was living here? 
And I ended up going to places like Montenegro and Bulgaria and um, down the Amazon um, on a boat trip. And I was in Egypt and took a boat up the Nile and things that I'd never even dreamed that I wanted to do. I spent one of the most amazing weeks of my life in Poland. And that was not somewhere that had ever been on anybody that I know of's top 10 list, but it was incredible. And I think that when you're by yourself, or this is true for me and most of the people that I talk to, that you you don't want to be lonely. So you find, okay, then I need to reach out. I can't just sit here and wait for people to come and talk to me. It's like my mom used to say about dating when I was a teenager. She'd say, (laughs) you got to get out there. Nobody's just going to come to the door and ring the bell and say, hey, you want to go on a date? And so you got to get out there and put yourself in, in a situation where you can meet people and talk to people. I've met and had the most amazing conversations with people that were just sitting next to me on the bus or that happened to shop at the same store I did or whatever. I'm the same way. I completely agree with that. I used to be so shy because I was always like, oh, somebody's going to judge me. Or, you know, like I said, I'm insecure. So I'm like, oh, they're not going to want to talk to me. I'm not good looking. And, you know, all these crazy thoughts would go through exactly. my head. But I, yeah, I mean, even just like a few of the fun ways I've met people is, yeah, I'm when I was in Peru, you know, it was my first time going to a country that didn't predominantly you know the native language was not English so I was a little nervous even though I know basic Spanish and so of course the first place I go to eat was like an Irish pub because I was like okay let me go somewhere that's somewhat comfortable but yet still gets me out of my comfort zone because I'm Uh going out to eat by myself in a country that does not speak all English well come to find out Cusco in Peru is actually very much known for being a place that a lot of English speakers go to learn Spanish because it's a very slow, proper Spanish. Uh And so there's tons of people who speak English there, but I didn't know. And I'm sitting at the bar and they have Buffalo wings. Well, I'm from Buffalo, New York originally. So of course I judge Buffalo wings everywhere (laughs) I go. And I was laughing because they were not, they were delicious wings, but they were definitely not Buffalo wings. So I'm joking with the bartender which then brought an Australian couple over to me and started like, oh, you're from Buffalo, blah, 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 blah. What are you doing here? And we just started talking, but then brought another person over. Yeah. And like something as simple as me just knowing what Buffalo wings were. Exactly. But this is how you meet people. And then other times, like I've just been on day trips, you know, where I'll stay in one area as like my hub, but then I'll spoke out to different areas and do day trips to see things. And I've met like a lovely couple on a bus that I'm so close to and, I've met, like, I just talk because what's yeah. the worst thing that's going to happen? They don't like you. And then what? You never see them again. Big deal. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I, same thing. I, it, it was fun to hear you say that people you met on a bus that you still talk to. I, when I first arrived in Vienna, I, I would take a Austrian map about once a month on the weekend and I would just randomly close my eyes and point somewhere. And that's where I was going to take a day trip. And get to know the country and whatever. So this one Sunday, I decided I was going to drive up this particular road and go up there. And it turned out to be a nice little place, but nothing to spend a whole day with. And so I just took some random road off the side of the highway and went up this road, driving up this mountain. And then see this sign that there's a castle at the top of the hill that is a hotel and restaurant. 
So I thought, well, that'd be fun. It's lunchtime. I'll drive up there and have a little lunch in the in the castle, and that'll be a fun thing to tell everybody at home and whatnot. Well, I get up there, and I end up sitting in the back of this little courtyard where I didn't want to sit because I, there's a wedding going on, this small, intimate little wedding. Uh-huh. And I told the waiter, no, 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 this is private. I don't want to be back here. No, no, this is for everybody. It's okay. It's okay. So I sit there and I eat my little lunch and I'm watching this wedding take place. And then I, they start having the little reception and they're pouring champagne. And these two gentlemen walk over and say, why aren't in English or in German, why aren't you coming over and having a toast with us? And I said, no, I, you know, I got across the point that I didn't speak German and they started speaking English and they said, no, no, it's for everybody. Come on over, come on over. So I go over oh, and I start so sip, cool. sipping champagne. I meet this couple who are probably about my same age. Then it comes time for their dinner and I wish them well. And they said, no, 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 we had people cancel. Come, we have lots of food. Oh my gosh. So I end up with their wedding dinner and there's like 40 people at this wedding. And to this day, they are some of my very best friends. We've gone on vacations together. We've spent holidays together. That is so cool. It is just, yeah. And, and I met lots of people that way. I met the man who invented the condom that way. I met, um, I, met, uh, I met the Pope of the Orthodox Church in Bulgaria that way. And it's, you know, you just take that chance. And, and it's not that you meet important people or big people. One of the most powerful women in my life I've ever met was a mentally challenged woman in uh, Bolivia. And I just happened to walk by her house every day and would say a little word or hello. And I happened to be fluent in Spanish. So I would try to make conversation with her. And by the end, she's like probably one of my greatest role models and like wonderful, wonderful, creative, intuitive people I've ever had in my life. So, you know, it's amazing. It's pretty incredible. And it's, it's a whole new world and opens up things you never dreamed would happen, you know, that, or that you would know or do or whatever. And I think that that's true. Even if it's not travel, I think I've grown to know that that's true no matter what I do, you know, if I'm going to go to Walmart and go shopping, all I need to do is smile and say hello and be nice. And people are going to be nice back. You know, yeah, there's that random grouchy, you know, old poop that is not going to talk to you. And that's fine. That's, that's their loss. And I kind of play this little mental game with myself to see how many people I can make smile. So it's just for my entertainment and to make me more comfortable. Yeah. But but it's just, you know, it, it really helps. For somebody that was initially very shy, it became a way for me to not feel so shy. I absolutely love that. And boy, you've met some cool people. I need, oh, to, I need to meet some cool, well, I've met some amazing people. So yeah. I don't want to downplay who I've met, but I want to meet someone who invented something. <laughs> well, you know, and it's really funny because the, you know, the the guy that's the pope for the orthodox church um i met because of a connection but still had i not reached out to these original people and had i not become friends with them i wouldn't have met this other guy and had that experience so yeah it's you know i've i've been to south africa um i've i've been to I, i i've been to india i spent a week in india 
And, and India taught me a good lesson in that it's probably one of my, the most amazing places on earth. Um, everything there is bigger, brighter, louder, crowded, more crowded, all of that than anywhere else I've ever been in the world. But at the same time, it's, it's so enriching and it's so different from a Western kind of culture than what, than what I've ever known that it was just every minute was filled with something new and amazing. And that was a trip that I wished I had not done alone. And it, not because I was scared, which I was, but not because I was scared or because it was far away or because I didn't speak the language. It was because it was so different. I wanted a partner there to be able to say, oh, my gosh, did you see that? There were seven people on that one motorcycle. Yeah, you just or, wanted someone to share the moment with. Yeah, and it's such a, a jolt to reality, your own reality, that to share that experience with somebody and, and like, it's all, like a reality check to say, did I just see what I think I saw? Yeah. And to, to have somebody share those things with you is, is a real bonus. So, um, yeah, not every trip is made to be done alone, but, but, um, you also have to learn to, you know, my, my, I grew up with this little plaque on the wall that my mom put up there that says most folks are about as happy as they make up their minds to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I totally believe that if I leave to go on a vacation, whether it's solo or with a hundred people, that if I go, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is really going to suck. I'm not going to like this. The food's going to be awful. Nobody's going to speak English. I'm going to be, you know, have to spend every night in a different hotel. Then that's what the experience will be for you. And that's yeah. that, you know, you, it, you, you create your own reality. And so if I go and say, okay, this is really going to be different. Nobody's going to speak English, but maybe I'll find people who do, or surely there's people in this country that have, you know, learned English a little bit. And I might meet somebody really interesting, or, you know, I might find the, the painting I've been looking for for over my couch or, you know, whatever that you look at it from that frame of reference. I had a professor once who said, look around the room for all the blue things you can see. So he gives us 30 seconds and we're, you know, frantically looking for blue things. And he said, okay, now how many red things did you see? We were like, no, 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 we didn't see any red things. You told us blue. And he said, yeah, but I didn't say you couldn't look for the red. And he said, you get what you look for. And so, you know, it's that same philosophy. You look for it to be scary and awful and horrible and it will be. You know, at some point you have to put in your head, I can do this. This will be different, but different is not bad. Just different. And, And I also think a big part of it for me and what I talk about in the book is being prepared. You know, don't wait till you get there to figure out what language they speak or oh, yeah. what are the what are the main things to see or what are the areas that would be best for a single traveler to stay in or, you know, what is there to do there? Is there a restaurant I should visit? Do that stuff ahead of time, because if you're standing in the middle of the street with a map and a camera and you're looking lost. People are going to know you're a tourist. You stand out like a sore thumb. And people are going to know. And that's when the scary stuff, you know, starts happening because you're not able to be aware and watching and being alert. So I think that um, 
you know, doing your homework and being ready and knowing what you want to see. And, and that by, by doing that, then you have things to look forward to. And it forces you to look for the red. Oh, oh yeah. I wanted to go to this museum or I wanted to go to this cathedral or I wanted to go to this cooking class. So then when you get there, you've got things to look forward to, not, oh God, now what do I do? So, yeah. And I always say that too, like your trip starts before you actually board the plane and go. You oh, have absolutely. to do your research. Like I'm someone who I'm, I'm very old school. And as much as technology is great and you can get all the maps, I like to always have an actual physical map on me too, because what if my phone breaks? What if something exactly. happens and I lose my phone? Exactly. And I always like to make sure I know, like, for example, where my hotel is in relation to the embassy, the police station, the firehouse, because uh-huh. even though I might be more empowered to get out there and explore by myself, it doesn't mean I'm naive and I don't know things could still happen. <laughs> like, you know, sure. things, things always can happen. You know, I've had many, as much as I definitely advocate for solo travel, I've had many experiences happen that may, that weren't the best. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's about being prepared and, you know, always keeping your wits about you. And although, you know, we say to always be open to those new experiences, you still have to go into them with a level mind and I'll right. mean and know that you, you still have to keep somewhat of a guard up to at least protect yourself, but not too much to close you off to some amazing, you know, experience or connection that can happen. Exactly. And, very, very well said. And- yeah. And research, I mean, research just, gosh, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't explain more how much, how it's important to just research because yeah. I'm, for example, the, you know, solo travel woman getaway that we're planning to Morocco in um, March, you know, for any woman who has wanted to travel and maybe solo, maybe not, but wants to meet a group of women that, you know, have the same interest. We're hosting, you know, this trip to Morocco in March and, you know, we're going during Ramadan, you know, because I wow. want this to be a cultural experience. I don't want this to be just another tourist trip. Right. I want it to be something where you're seeing a side of a culture that you don't necessarily always get to see. And yes, that means some restaurants won't be open. And yes, that means you can't be munching on a burger in the middle of a square, you know, during right. the day because you have to respect that they fast. It doesn't mean things aren't open because they it is a touristy, you know, location and destination. Earth. So things are open. But, you know, even though I'll do the research and provide it to my guests, I expect, you know, them to do research too, to know what you should and shouldn't wear. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, to know that it's, it's during Ramadan, it's going to be different than if you go in the middle of June, it's just different. Right. Um, but to me, it's going to be one of the most beautiful experiences because you're going to see, like I said, a side of the culture, maybe you necessarily wouldn't have seen um, otherwise. Right. But again, it's about, you know, going in, doing the research and the expectations, because the last thing I want to hear is, well, I didn't know these things. Well, you should have done some research. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's it's fun, too, because you you go into those things and some of them you stumble into and some of them like the romp being there during Ramadan. I've done that and stumbled into a community <clears throat> that like when I went to India, just happened to be that I got there and the, my first day of being able to go out and see sight was um, Gandhi's birthday. And so as I went on my tour, I got to see all of these shrines that had been put up and, and they had these big, massive um, feeding centers where they were feeding the poor and the homeless. And 
There were temples that were um, open for people to take tours of and, and ha be in a service kind of thing and whatever. And that's something I would have never known, you mm -hmm. know, to do. And I didn't know it when I went, but stumbled onto it. On the other hand, knowing ahead, I took a trip to um, <clears throat> Montreal one time. And I knew far enough ahead what I was going to be there. And it was for a conference. And so I thought, well, what is there to do? And I started researching and found out that the World Fireworks um, Competition was going to be in Montreal on the river um, when I was there. Very so cool. I planned ahead, found a dinner cruise, got tickets for the dinner cruise, and got to watch the the fireworks competition from the deck of this big ship eating dinner, sipping champagne. So, you know, you create a lot of that stuff by do the great stuff by doing that research ahead of time. Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own. And that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app and you're never gonna travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah. 50 and go to tourlina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. I wanted to segue now into, because you mentioned a few times, you know, this is why you wrote your book and this and that. Tell us about the book because we want to hear I know you always said that your book is where your book ends where my guide begins and things like that and I think that's amazing mm -hmm. um, but I would love to know more you know obviously what brought you to write the book and you know mm -hmm. what made you want to help other people do that you know do the exploration right. of solo travel and then just really what led you in general to even want to talk about your experiences in such a way to write a book sure well, I, um, I found that when I was first starting to travel solo, that first of all, that was long enough ago. That was, you know, like mid eighties and there was nothing out there. That was something very rare. A lot, many people were doing it. <clears throat> and if they did, they didn't tell anybody because yeah. shameful, you know, kind of thing. And so I started finding that there wasn't anything out there and that the more I learned, and, and again, having been an elementary teacher, that's how I approach everything. And I knew that I had to take it in steps and that I had to um, figure out a way to be ready. My philosophy in teaching was be ready for the worst and the best will happen. And so that's kind of where I'd started. And as I started traveling alone, um, I've currently my account is at 44 countries that I've been to. 
fabulous. That's and amazing. I decided that um, I was learning a lot about this and I would start to tell people about it and people would say, oh, you have to teach me how to do that. I've always wanted to do that, but I've been scared and I didn't know how to. And, you know, how do you, and, and it was like all the, anything that was out there was, well, once you have your reservations and you've got your plane ticket, you know, here's a restaurant to go to, or here's a museum to see. I needed stuff that was way, but I needed kindergarten. I needed, how do I pick a place to go? How do I get brave enough to call and make a, you know, buy a plane ticket? How do I get over my fear of not speaking the language? And so I had all these little tips and people would ask me and time and time again, people would say, gosh, you ought to write a book. So at one point I got the urge to write a book and decided that I was going to see, but I, cause I wasn't going to, I didn't want to go into a, a book market that was going to be horribly, horribly crowded with other books, just like mine. Yeah. Well, I did extensive research, found that there wasn't anything like what I wanted to do. So, um, I started doing bits and pieces and over 10 years, it was like, yeah, I'm going to write this book, but didn't really know what I was going to do. And just by happenstance, this friend of mine said, oh, I, you want to write a book? That's great. I know this lady who publishes books. And we were at her house one day and this woman came, visited, and she said, oh, Jody, I want you to meet Amy. And we chatted and, and uh, she said, I hear you're wanting to write a book. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, tell me about it. So I told her about the book. And when I got ready to leave that night, she said, by the way, when you're ready, I'd love to help you publish your book. I had no wow. idea this woman was the owner of a publishing company and was a book coach. And, you know, that's what she did was help people's book dreams come true. So I got back to the U.S. Um, and started meeting with her, hired her to help me with this. And it all came together. I wrote the whole entire book in about four months. Wow. Um, because, which <laughs> is really. That in and of itself is such an accomplishment. It, yeah, it was, it was um, pretty amazing and it's not normal, yeah. but, but then I'm not normal. So that's, you know, okay. but what is, um, what is normal? What I is love normal, not right? being normal. Normal Same. is boring. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I, so I wrote the book and it got it published and I was newly retired. So, and then back in a city that I didn't know. So I had lots and lots of time on my hands. So I would get up in the early, early mornings and I would write for hours and the thing was done. We released it in January of 2020 and lo and behold, what, 10 weeks later we were in in uh, quarantine. So timing was <laughs> real good because people weren't traveling. So yeah. the book was a little <laughs> useless. So then I came up with the idea that, wait a minute, COVID was meant for my book because yeah. you could, you could read the book and do all the planning and research and all of that and figure it all out, do your big dreams. And, and it would be ready when you were. Exactly. Take the time to get that confidence and get yourself ready. Do the exactly. Research. Don't don't say, you know, I want to go to Bali and I've got a week's vacation in a week. Exactly. No, that's not when you start planning. You start saying I've got a I, it's you know, it's June and I've got a week's vacation in in April. Yeah, I want, you know, and you start doing that also because you usually get better prices on stuff. But um, 
Yeah. And so I wrote the book and the book is kind of like, because I'm a teacher, the book is like a workbook kind of. It has, each chapter has a travel story um, and it's sometimes that's related to the topic of that chapter. And sometimes they're my stories. Sometimes they're stories from other people that I've heard. And it, it exemplifies what I'm talking about in that chapter. Then I have you do some thinking beforehand and jot down some things. Like, for example, it might be that the chapter's on making a plan. So I talk about my trip to India and how I cr accidentally created this plan. And it turned out to be the best tool I had. And so I say, so think about where are the places you'd like to go? What would you like to see? Where would you like to find yourself? And they write down all that stuff for themselves. No right or wrong answer, no judgment, you know, just write it down. Then I go into teaching some tips and ideas and why would this be helpful and what are some tools you have? And then I give you some homework and I say, okay, this time, I want you to go to a fast food restaurant, but you can't go to the drive up and you can't eat in your car. You have to go in, you have to order your food and you have to sit in the restaurant by yourself. Because having those experiences at home in a familiar environment in a language that you speak, while still can be very scary for some people, is still much, much safer and better than trying that on your own in India. Oh, yeah. And so so we go through everything from very simple things like, you know, going going to a store by yourself. Some people have never been shopping alone, maybe the grocery store, but they've never gone to a mall and spent an afternoon shopping in little shops or going down, a, a you know, a main street and going in little stores along the way by themselves. So we start there. We go to movies. I tell you, I ask you to go to a movie by yourself. I ask you to go to a concert or a sporting event by yourself. I ask you to do those things. But while you're there, you have to look for or practice these tools that um, that I'm teaching. And that's so, amazing that you give like actionable takeaways too. Not many people exactly. do that in their books. And no, so I like that you actually give people something to think about when the book is closed. Well, and I think, you know, success builds on success. So if mm -hmm. you go to a movie, I remember the first time I went to a movie by myself, it was part of my solo travel training. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be a freak sitting in there by myself. Everybody else going to have a partner with them. This is just going to be weird. And lo and behold, it turns out that I'm not the only one in there. And you know what? Those people did not pay six fifty to watch me. Yeah, they paid six fifty to watch the movie, and they're not paying attention to me. And so, those are the kinds of things that I look, ask people to look at and practice and try. Then they come back, and there's a little reflection part of you know, write down what did what tools did you use? What would you do differently next time? What were the ahas that you had? So each chapter is like that and gives you practice at you know, talking to people who try to talk you out of it, um, okay. staying places overnight by yourself, making a decision of where to go. What are, what are your fears? What are you afraid of? There's a whole chapter in there on, on uh, a lot of people are afraid they're going to get hurt or sick in mm -hmm. a country and not be able to get help. Well, I've never had anything really horrible happen to me while I was, you know, I've been pickpocketed and, and I, the one particular time in, um, 
Guatemala, I fell down a flight of stairs and hit my head on a motorcycle. Oh my goodness. Um, and cracked open my above my eyebrow. Oh. And you know, head wounds bleed like crazy anyway, even if they're not really bad. Yes. Well, the funny crazy. part was is that I was coming down those stairs because I had said goodbye to my landlords. I'd been there working with a program like Doctors Without Borders as a translator, and I was getting ready to leave, and all the doctors had already left. So here I am in this little village in Guatemala with not an American looking doctor. Well, it didn't need to look like an American doctor, but, you know, a, a qualified trained doctor and, the, you know, sanitary conditions, forget that and whatever. And here I am with this wound. So I ended up packing an ice bag on my head and wrapping. I had I carry a medical kit, wrapped an ace bandage around my head and took the one and a half hour bus ride to the big city. And when I got to the hotel, I said, do you have a house doctor? And they said, yes. And he looked, put butterfly bandages and I was fine. But in the chapter, I tell that story and I talk about, well, take minimal stuff with you. And, you know, I, I even talk about Amazon has pre-made ones that you can get that are cheap and don't take up much room yep. but to at least have some stuff with you so you're prepared you're ready ahead of time if stuff happens the other part is that with technology the way it is today it's so 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 much safer and easier than it used to be for me because I was I'm a girl that learned to do this without cell phones and without computers even yeah and so um you know, it's so much easier because all of a sudden I realized one day, Jody, you have your cell phone. You could call your own home doctor. Yes. You know, call call the, the insurance company and say, give me a doctor that's close to wherever. You know, there's options. But but each chapter builds on the other ones before it. And give by the time you're done, you're like, heck, yeah, I can do this. I got this. I got I know what to do. So that's that was my hope that that. Somebody somewhere would be able to say, I can do this, or I'm willing to try to do this, rather than just, oh, I could never do this. So I've had, I've given away lots of copies of the book um, to get before I published it, so people would read it and give me feedback. And over and over and over again, people tell me, you know, I never even thought about traveling alone, but now I kind of want to. And people have also said, you know, pat myself on the back here, but my goal was to have it be very, very personal, very friendly, user friendly. And over and over, people have told me, it's like we're sitting on the couch having a glass of wine together and you're just talking to me. So it's not heavy duty. It's not luxury. It's not, you know, college level to do your homework. Yeah. It's, you know, I in the intro, I say it's like having a good friend to kick you in the pants, a coach to encourage you and a grandma to give you a hug when you fall down. I absolutely so, love that. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's what I that's what I set out to do. And I think I did it. I, I, I feel good about it. That's awesome. And and everyone, just so you know, the link to look and purchase and all that stuff the book will be in the description. So definitely make sure you check it out, especially if you are someone who, you know, has maybe put off traveling because you don't have people to go with or mm -hmm. just anything that maybe you've put off that you need that just empowerment to actually do something for exactly. yourself without any fears. You know, it's definitely, or you just want a feel good story. I say, get the book. <laughs> Exactly. And um, I've, I, I make arrangements because I especially enjoy groups like this that are dedicated to solo travel. And 
Um, so I make arrangements to have the Kindle version of my book for free on Amazon for a certain period of time after oh, I've done amazing. one of these podcasts. So that that time frame will be posted with the description for the podcast as well. I'll have Sarah put it on there so that each of you has the opportunity to, to get the Kindle version for free. That's wow. Thank you. That's amazing. So you have no excuse, everyone. You got to go read this book. <laughs> Now, I have to say, given that, I also encourage you to get the paper version because of the workbook pages. Yeah. So you can write. Otherwise, you have to dig up your own paper and pencil. But right. <laughs> I love that. Well, Jody, this was amazing. I've had the best time chatting with you and learning more about your story. I have to say, I'm now wanting to go live abroad for X amount of years as well. And Vienna is not a bad, I would probably choose Prague. I'm not going to lie. Prague seems Oh, like, Prague's beautiful. It is magical. Prague. And I just want to run through the streets singing fairy tales. And, and I like know, all the type of stuff. <laughs> really, because it's so close to Vienna, I know a lot of people who've lived there and every one of yeah. them just loved the experience. And one of the things as a quick takeaway that I'd like to leave yeah. the listeners with is that you have to put yourself in the mind frame as, as a global citizen. Um, so many times in Vienna, I would go to a restaurant or a museum or whatever, and I would hear people saying, well, why don't they have fried chicken here? I don't understand. Why don't they speak English here? This is ridiculous. They should speak English. And it's like, you know, if you wanted things to be like home, stay home. Your, if your purpose is to go out and see the world, then live in that world because it's so rich. And so you become such a more amazing human being by having those kinds of insights. The other quick thought is that we talked a little bit about things going wrong. The best travel stories you will ever tell were co- will come from the things that went wrong. Oh, yes. You never come back from a trip and say the plane was on time, the train was comfortable, the food was absolutely glorious, and every bed I slept in was like sleeping in my home bed at home. No. You talk about how you had to go spend the night in a hotel because there was a hurricane in the area. You talk about the oh, yeah. meal that was so bad you couldn't even swallow it. You talk, you know, all those kinds of things. So I be agree. ready for the fun stories and be ready to have new experiences. I love that. And you are so right. You are so right. Because I talk the most about, oh, I was stuck in Peru an extra two weeks because of Hurricane Irma. But it was the best two weeks ever because I got to experience so much more. Exactly. You know, that's that's my dream trip now is getting stuck somewhere for two weeks because of, you know, I wouldn't want it to be because of a pandemic. And I know it was a hardship on people, but, you know, to get stuck somewhere in quotes um, would be great. (laughs) I completely, yeah, no, that's amazing. And I just thank you so much. This was such a fun discussion. And I think it was a great chat. And I think the audience is just going to have a really good time listening to this one. um, Because it was just it was so fun. I had the best time hearing your story. So I really appreciate it, Jody. My pleasure. And anybody that wants to know more is welcome to look on my website, which is journey for one, all spelled out in letters, um, dot org. Jennyforone.org. And we'll put that on the description as well. It's in the description. So thank you so much, everyone. Have an amazing week. We will see you next time and just, yeah, enjoy life and just start saying yes more guys. So enjoy happy travels, everyone. (laughs) Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.